to Firing Pin Leadership, your podcast about leadership development with an emphasis on growth and influence. While each episode centers on public service, discussions cover what works and what doesn't to guide and support your leadership acumen. I'm your host, BJ King. Today, I'd like to introduce to the podcast, Lonnie Bishop. He joined the military in the early 90s in the Navy as a corpsman, in the Marine Corps, as well as a commission with an, as an officer in the Air Force. He has obtained his bachelor's degree and master's degree, has done a couple of deployments uh, in the Middle East, has contributed to some three-letter agencies uh, for some contracting work. And while supporting his wife, he is now a detective with the sheriff's office. Today, Lonnie Bishop. In regards to the police academy, what was your drive? And can't say to help people. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, it was something that, like when I first joined the Navy, my two choices, you know, I said, uh, the, I remember the recruiter asked me, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I either want to be a cop um, or in medicine. Um, unbeknownst to me at that time, uh, the first Gulf War was getting ready to kick off. Yeah. So he, you know, and I said, okay, medicine sounds good. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize I would go with the Marines, but enjoyed mm-hmm. the heck out of that. That was a blast. Um, so that's why I became a cop. I wanted to finish it up. I was up here. Um, it was a point in my life where I was, I could afford to because we don't make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and so I could afford to do this. Um, I wanted to do it. Um, and so the timing was right for me. Okay. So here you are making all these decisions as an officer in the military and essentially you start over. How hard was that? for a different culture, similar in uh, the realm of altruistic, but the transition to being a line level employee, learning a new skill after being in charge of people and units and all, and now all of a sudden you're starting, how was that transition for you? Uh, Very good question. Um, Transition to me to be a good leader, I learned right away, you know, You'll hear stories if you talk to military people about enlisted leaders going into officership and how Mm -hmm. they're different. Not better, just different. Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell you that from my experience, to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. And that's exactly the way I looked at it here. Um, You know, yeah, maybe I've done all these whiz-bang things, um, but uh, that doesn't matter anymore. I'm in a new spot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start from the bottom, and I'm going to prove myself. And the transition for me wasn't—it wasn't a transition for me. It was, let's do this, okay. um, and what's best for the mission. Okay. Uh, so then, would you be able to label your ideology of leadership going from whatever everything that you've taken from the military history? all the way uh, of your work history, all the way to now local law enforcement. What is the uh, theme for how you see leadership? Me personally or how I see it being implemented? Personally. Personally, um, I would see it as a, uh, take the opportunity and to experience it and learn from it. 
you know, in the military, you have good and bad leaders. In the police force, you have good and bad leaders. And take the best from all of that. Um, you know, those, that old saying where you don't know what good is if you don't have bad. And that's very, and to me, in leadership, that's very true. You know, and you can learn from those bad leaders just as much as you can from the good leaders. Fair enough. Okay. All right. So what are some hard experiences of either you being on the receiving end of a good or bad leadership or providing that guidance of leadership? You know, I've had a my first duty station, my first commander um, took me, you know, I'd been in the military for 12 years by that time. Okay. I wasn't. I wasn't brand new. I knew how the system worked. Um, being on the opposite end of it, being on the officer side of it, it changed it a little bit. And my first, luckily my first commander, my first squadron commander, recognized that um, and helped mentor me through that. Um, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just different because I could tell you, hey, listen, let's go do this thing with this widget. Mm-hmm. Um but it was easier for me to go out there and do that, and that's not always the right thing that right. they wanted me to do. Right. You know, not that I'm not. Uh, I was always afraid that they would see me. You know, well, you're be- you think you're better than no. That's not. I'm here to do the job with you. Mm-hmm. I just happen to have the 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 rank that says I'm in charge of it. And when something fails, it's my it, the buck stops with me. Did you have to declare that? I never. No. Um, I just did things like, you know, I try to. Uh, I tried to be the first one there and the last one to leave. Mm-hmm. I would try to be, you know, um, I would clean out my troops' trash and take out the trash. You know, it sounds stupid, but I wanted to humble myself for them to say, hey, listen, you can come to me with your problems. Um, and and it, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. You know, some people didn't like the way that I did that. But everyone saw that. And but everyone saw they that, They responded. Yeah. Positively, for the most part, positively. Okay. Some of them didn't. Didn't they said you shouldn't be doing that, um, or you know that, um, and some of my my superiors didn't like that. No, you don't need to be. And to me, I was like, well, okay, you know, but I still did it anyway, mm-hmm. just because I I wanted to make sure that they didn't think that I was. I didn't want to be that bad. Okay, that so bad example. Did you? experience any negative consequences because of your willingness to take out the trash and and uh, do, the, do, do those things no I, I could tell you that um, I was part of an advanced team to Iraq mm-hmm. and I can tell you I deployed uh, I was the, the mission leader mm-hmm. showed up I had a lieutenant colonel uh, lieutenant colonel came right after that and I remember, hey, listen, I can do this just as good as my people. Why don't you go ahead? And he goes, you know what? I'm going to give you the opportunity. So the next thing I know, I'm on a helicopter transporting some stuff up to another base. You know, we were, we were taking shots, and then we landed, and they started mortar us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess I could have kept my mouth shut on that one. But it wasn't a negative consequence. It was just like, okay, you want to prove yourself? Now you can go prove yourself type of thing. Actually put yourself down right Yeah, Yeah, and it was a, you know, I'm like, okay, let's do this. And that helped me out a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Gave me more perspective. Like this isn't, don't do this just for show, Mm -hmm. but do it for real. Um, And I think I proved it at that point. 
Have you been in any sort of similar perspective of your willingness to step up in law enforcement? That's a hard question for me to answer. I would say, yes, I have. There's nothing that I won't do. And it gets me in trouble sometimes um, because I'll take on so much because I don't say no that I get overwhelmed. Not saying that I'm the best person for that. I'm just saying I'm willing to take it on. And sometimes that gets me overtasked. And when you get overtasked, now to spread uh, the wings a little bit the, in regards to uh, support, when you get overtasked, do you find that support similar in law enforcement as uh, the military in comparison? Law enforcement's kind of a different animal. How so? In the fact that we kind of eat our own. Mm-hmm. The military is going to do sink or swim. Okay. But if I ask you to sink or swim, I'm going to be right there next to you, and I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. When you start sinking, I'm going to pull you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's my perspective. Law enforcement, there is some of that, but there's also some of it they're going to say, we're going to let you sink. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's a valuable lesson. And sometimes it's hard, you know. I trust every one of my brothers to come out there and help me. You know, everybody that's on the force, uh, male, female, it doesn't matter. I know they're going to back me up when the chips come down. But sometimes, you you know, you can feel like, hey, I just need a, you know, I just need somebody to help me with this. And it's not going to happen because of the way it was first presented, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yes. So in regards to the hardest way about leading in the military, how does that compare to the hardest way of leading in law enforcement? And that's on the receiving or sending in from you. So that's a good question. In the military, to me, it was very much, okay, Lonnie, here's your mission. Um, I don't, you know, and at the end of this mission, this is what I want accomplished. And I was given resources to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew who my enemy was. And, you know, your, you know, the, the, the saying says your first plan never spies the first attack. Right. Okay. But I was given the leeway enough where I could do, where I could adjust for that. Mm-hmm. So what I have seen in the police force, you know, some not, not necessarily where I'm at, but, you know, from other, from other things that I've been in, in, in uh, attached to, I can't do the mission driven thing. Because it'll drive, you know, people, you know, because to me, hey, we've got this job, let's get it done, you know, and go force. And there's a lot more hurdles in the way. You know, there's, I won't say there's laws, but there's, <laughs> there's things that you have to, you, you know, there's perspectives that you have to be worried mm-hmm. about. There are, uh, sometimes there can be monetary uh, hurdles, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we don't have the resources to do it that way, so you're going to have to find another way. Right. Or you find a super cool widget that can, you know, make you more efficient and stuff like that. In the military, I could requisition that mm-hmm. or I could make a case to do that. In law enforcement, I can make a case to do that. But at the bottom, at the end of the day, you know, we've got an answer to our tax, to yeah. the, you know, to our tax base, yeah. uh, to our customers. And they may not see it that way. Mm-hmm. And if they say no, they, you still got to figure out another way to finish that mission. Um, does that get kind of, you understand, and you know, does that make sense? Yes, <laughs> okay. very, very much so. I appreciate that, yes. How do you see your leadership abilities growing? Different perspectives. You know, like I said, the military is pretty much, it's, you do this because you were told to do this, and you, you know, you just kind of go in a step, a stair step, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, 
you, to be honest with you, you got to think more. Um, there's a lot more variables here you have to deal with. And I think that that makes every leader a better person. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily in a position of leadership where I'm at, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a, I'm a follower, Mm -hmm. but I hope that I bring some type of leadership experience to the fight. And I've been told that I have, um, but I tell you that I, I find more just by observing and like learning how this organization and not, and I mean organization as in law enforcement professional. Oh, yeah. The law enforcement profession is kind of a different animal and learning that, mm-hmm. <laughs> learning that perspective has grown, um, has made me grow and give me a different, you know, I'm, I wish, you know, there's been times, several times where I've been driving home, like, you know, the day has just kicked your butt so bad that you roll up all the windows, turn off the radio and you drive mm-hmm. the speed limit mm-hmm. home, you know, you know, you've learned something from it. You do better the next time. And I think to myself, Hey, you know what, if I would have had that experience or that life experience or what, whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. back when I was a military leader, it would have made me 10 times better. You know, um, so they complement each other. So when uh, in the military and any point in law enforcement, when you had a challenge that had to do in regards to directing people uh, in something that may be difficult for them and there was resistance, how did you deal with that? I try to find out what that why there's that resistance. I, I could sit there and give them every quote. I can give them extra money. I can give them whatever they can. You know, in the military, you know, I don't have that power. <laughs> right. um, yeah. But uh, it's more important to me that I know why that person is resistant. You know, maybe they had a bad experience the last time, so maybe they need somebody else to go. And maybe I didn't see it correctly. Maybe I didn't see, hey, this person did have that bad experience, and he's probably not the pers- best person. So. I want to find out why that resistance is there. And then once I find that resistance, see what I can do. So when you say, see what you can do about it, that's where you would spread your leading wings? Well, and that's where I'm going to find out. I'm either, you know, let's say that, you know, I say, listen, I need you to go investigate this this death or something to that effect. And maybe Mm -hmm. they just lost somebody close to, okay, hey, you know what, maybe they're not the best person to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll we'll get somebody else. Or, you know, and sometimes, hey, listen, I know you're having difficulty with whatever we're doing, Mm -hmm. but we've got a job to do. And I'm gonna be right there beside you, and I'm gonna give you all the resources that you can, um, and I'm gonna do everything that I can, and we're gonna do this together. In regards to developing and supporting resiliency of yourself and others in law enforcement, other than shutting off the radio on the way home to take those deep breaths or yell those same cuss words over and over again. How do you build on your resiliency? It's hard um, because we always want, I want to be a hundred percent for my job. I want to be a hundred and ten percent for my job and I want to be a hundred and ten percent for my family. Um, I don't always do the greatest job of that. You know, in the military, you know, sometimes I didn't have a choice. Hey, you're going, you're going in two weeks, you know. But what I do do is I capitalize on the moments that I do have. Mm-hmm. You know, I may not, you know, we're always attached to these electronic leashes. You know, when I'm at home with my son, I'm at home with my son. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have a responsibility to answer that, but I may not answer it as quickly mm-hmm. as I would, you know, wait until I have a moment, you know, or are doing something like that. Also, I have a strong faith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I'll pull over my car and just say, okay, God, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. What can I do? I also 
make sure that my wife and I, you know, that's one of the great things that my wife and I do is every morning and every night, no distractions, no nothing. We take 10 to 15 minutes and we just say, hey, honey, how was your day? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell her the ups and downs of my day. She'll tell me the ups and downs of her day. And then we just know at the end of the day, hey, listen, I know what she went through that day. And maybe I can, you know, do dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I can, you know, take the kids out for a little and let her decompress. And she does the same thing for me. So it almost sounds like it goes back and forth between keeping in mind yourself, but keeping in mind something that grounds you and in your case it's your family yeah absolutely um and find those moments find those things that you get enjoyment out of you know i used to love to run and i still love to run you know i have a knee injury so i'm still working through that and hopefully i can get back to it but that was one thing and i could clear my mind and that helped out a lot so physical fitness um, but I can tell you, just running, now I have a tractor, um, so I will go on the tractor and mow mm-hmm. um, just to, you know, get perspective mm-hmm. um, and rehash things. Now to turn a little bit into regards to the value and means of adaptability. How do you go about seeing adapt- how important adaptability is uh, and how fluid, how you say your cup is full? Well, do you have that second cup? <laughs> Well, no, that's that's a good question. You know, just because I have a bad day and I go home doesn't mean I get to turn it off. Um, I could be called back in at any minute, and it has happened, and we all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I take, I do what I can, you know, okay, I've got to put this in perspective. i got to keep that on the back burner for now. I've got to focus on what I'm doing mm-hmm. now. Um, I have to be able to adapt in that that sense um i go home you know my house is a disaster you know my kids are screaming Mm -hmm. wife's just out of her mind my daughter's you know um i have to be able to adapt and switch okay listen so what if i just had a child or an infant death that Mm -hmm. i just investigated i'm going to turn that off let's get this in order i'll deal with it later so to answer your question how important is adaptability it's very important and i think you know a lot of people are very rigid Mm -hmm. um Especially, you know, and I, I've seen this a lot in law enforcement and somewhat in the military, too. Um, in the military, we just force you to adapt. <laughs> but mm-hmm. in law enforcement, you see people that are very, this is how they do that. Mm-hmm. And there are jobs for people like that. And then there are positions for people like that. Because, I, you know, I feel if, you, if you're not able to adapt to a situation, you're not going to last very long. And, and it's not that you're not going to last very long, but you're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got to let people, you know, one minute you're pulling over a car for speeding and they're yelling at you mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and then you're running code to an accident and you're helping at them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to be able to switch. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what happens if that accident goes bad? You know, somebody dies. You know, that's going to affect you. Why? Because you're a human being, and that's okay. You know, then you got to go and you got a, a domestic where you know a guy or a girl got into it and stuff like that. You have to be able to separate each one of those calls, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to adapt your tone, your reaction, and your response to each one of those calls. How important is supporting integrity? You're only good as your word. You know, you always hire uh, character over competence, mm-hmm. you know, because I can train you in what you're lacking, but I can't change your character. You know, doing the right thing when somebody's not looking is imperative, and you'll be judged by that. Enhancing that, enhancing is not the right word, 
but cultivating that in an organization is what you have to do that as law enforcement officers mm-hmm. i mean you whether or not people you you do have a higher authority you know you're enforcing the laws of this of this state of this county of the city and there's an integrity with that mm-hmm. i have seen people when they abuse it it hurts us all like i said you've got to be able to be trusted and you're only as good as your as your word out of everything that we have covered we have discussed a lot of different perspectives now all those ideas that we've already covered to include or incorporate in regards to the operational tactical and strategic goals of the two professions the two organizations of the military and law enforcement how much do they differ and how much do they align for keeping in mind and supporting with emphasis of leadership for basic operation to the middle manager that's doing the tactical aspect and then the strategic overall mission of those two professions. How do they diverge and converge? I think they converge on a lot of, you know, you have your strategic mission. Okay, overall I want to protect and serve. You know, uh, the Air Force or Army, Navy, Marine Corps, or Coast Guard, whatever. They have, hey, this is our specific job. This is what we're gonna do. And then your tactical leadership, I think where they where they agree is there's a chain of command um, and a single focus, meaning we all have a mission and we're going to accomplish that mission today. And guess what? We're all going to come home today. Where they diverge is each department that I have seen with the various organizations that I've worked with in, within law enforcement, their chain of command is different and sometimes skewed. But that's my perspective, and until I'm in that organization, I don't know how effective that is. How effective, right? For that, and it may, and and that goes back to the adaptability. Mm -hmm. Maybe for that particular law enforcement agency, they had to adapt and skew their strategic planning or their tactical planning and things like that. Um, You know, my my deployment to Pakistan was very eye-opening for me okay. because I was very, I'm conventional forces mm-hmm. um, and we were very, you have the strategic planners, mm-hmm. then you have your mid-level managers mm-hmm. and so on and so forth down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, when I deployed to Pakistan, I was with special operations. I was conventional force communications with special operations forces. Mm-hmm. Great experience, fantastic people. The biggest surprise that I had was how close the tactical and strategic were. Um, It was not uncommon for me to walk into a room uh, during a VTC and be asked a question. And it was my commander or a colonel or, you know, talking to a secretary of one of the forces, the secretary of the Army, secretary of the Air Force, or even higher. Um, And they were they were laying it out for him right then. And I had never been exposed to that. Mm -hmm. Take that and, you know, go now, you know, you have your. Uh, a jail deputy mm-hmm. or an investigator mm-hmm. um, and they can go directly to the sheriff mm-hmm. you know um, so I don't know if God was planning you know this job for me in a long in advance or not but that was it took me a little bit to get used to that if that mm-hmm. makes sense the tactical and stri- you know the strategic is hey we're gonna keep this force you know blah 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 what have you and tactically this is how we're gonna do it mm-hmm. you know now we've got those two co-mingling and you know so that took me a little bit to get does that answer your question yes, or give you a perspective oh, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. tremendously what are the takeaways 
for others in leadership development that you like to see that interests you of how to evolve the idea, the intangible idea of leading others downrange? Um, first of all, you're, I don't care if you have the best equipment in the world or the worst equipment in the world, your number one asset is your people. And your people need to have the proper character. And you need to have that integrity. And that's at all levels. You know, people first, humble yourself and don't be afraid. I'm not going to do something unless I absolutely have to. As an investigator, I'm not going to go out and run traffic. But what I may do is go, hey, listen, I haven't ran traffic in a while. I want to go ride with you. Is that okay? Or, hey, listen, uh, we're thinking about buying you a new widget. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about this widget? Get the ground force perspective before you do something like that. Always listen to your people. Um, because when your people stop bringing their problems to you and their wishes to you, you've stopped leading. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen that happen, you know, where you just you shut down. Um, you shut down, well, they're not listening to me anyway. Why should I do this? A level of lack of or support of buy-in? Yeah. And, you know, and it, you know, even if it's the worst idea you've ever heard of, you've got to give them a little bit of, you, you've got to say, okay, listen, we'll look into it, you know, or something to that. Are there any other takeaways for others in, uh, other than uh, the people and character integrity? Um, what other perspectives do you see that others could really benefit from in regards to development? You know, it's when the, the, the Air Force, for me, did a great job. They took you, I mean, it was a mission stop, but they would take you out of an important mission to get you to a leadership development course. And they made that a priority. And that told me a lot in my mind, you know, it's like, hey, they put a lot of emphasis on this. The least I can do is do the best I can while I'm in school. And so what that instilled in me is I'm always learning. I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not the dumbest guy. Um, And I can always learn something. You know, I read at least 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. Mm -hmm. And it's everything, you know. A lot of people, you know, like Warren Buffett, I saw an interview with him, and he, he says he reads, you know, an enormous amount, four or five hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that we can learn a lot. Um, I think that we need to open up ourselves to criticism. Um, I'm one of those people that always seeks, hey, listen, you know, after action reports, you know, we always, you know, I've tried to introduce that at several levels and sometimes we do it, sometimes we don't, mm-hmm. but I think we can learn a lot by that. You know, hey, it may look good to somebody, but what actually happened? Hey, you weren't on cue when we went into this room or, <laughs> hey, listen, you didn't take the greatest pictures here. And, but it's not a criticism. Don't be a, a jerk about it. Take it as, hey, listen, tomorrow I'm going to do better. And I think, I guess the bottom line I'm trying to get to is, you know, humble yourself, take the criticism and the next time do it better. Do you have any stories or any, uh, uh, anything you'd like to add in regards to what we've been discussing? If you have any other stories, that's fine. If not, that's fine. Or if you have anything else, I think we can get to a wrap up point here. Yeah. I, uh, one of the one of the duty stations I had had a very high concentration of general officers. At one point, I was asked. I was on a. I was in a position where it was me, a two-star, and another, and a major. Mm-hmm. And 
know your audience <laughs> kind of came into play with this. I didn't know. And this person, you know, the general asked, you know, well, what do you think about this system or something like that? And at the point, I hadn't had good experience with that system. So I flatly said that, which was point blank feedback, which is what he was looking for. <laughs> but at the same point, I didn't really want to end my career um, <laughs> with right. wrong words. But yeah. And he didn't. You know, he took it for that. But And then he took the time to explain it to me why he did this program the way he did Mm -hmm. and I was like I still didn't necessarily agree with it but what I got out of that and there was there was another instance and I wrapped them two together and what I got out of that is sometimes you just have to trust your leadership that they're doing what's in the best interest of the mission Mm -hmm. uh, the command the department or the organization and you got to have that trust um because without that trust, you're probably not, you, you know, at some, you're going to falter at some point. Do you have anything else you'd like to share? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm good right now. Thanks. Hey, I want to thank my guests for their insights on leadership. I also want to thank you, the listeners. Don't forget to follow Firing Pin Leadership on social media, which includes Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Keep in mind, a portion of proceeds goes to concernsofpolicesurvivors.org. Concerns of Police Survivors provides resources to fallen officers, families, and co-workers to rebuild their shattered lives. COPS offers training and assistance to law enforcement agencies nationwide on how to respond to tragic loss of a member of the law enforcement profession. Take care and God bless.